A prophecy was released in 2019 concerning 2020 that there would be a divine reset in this year we're currently living in. Out of all the prophetic words that spewed forth, there was a witness within me with this specific prophecy. As it turns out, fast forwarding from that point into March 2020, there was, in fact, a divine reset that transpired worldwide. We're familiar with the word reset. It's a word mostly associated with technology. Regardless if you are tech savvy or not, you have been made aware of this word and meaning. Computers reset. Watches and clocks reset. Here in the United States, national time resets depending on daylight savings or non-daylight savings. Our smartphones now reset. Reset can mean whatever it needs to mean per the thing in need of resetting. However, there is a common theme. Number one, reset means something had been overworked and needs to rest or cool down. Number two, reset means something might have possibly corrupted a system and to cleanse or restore the system, a reset is required. Number three. Reset means do-over or start again. Number four, reset means centering or refocusing, which can be applied mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, even financially. Number five, reset means something that belongs to you that is protected, requires a password. Let's say you forget the password. However, since it is belonging to you, it's your property, you are able to verify and then apply a new password to which that thing has been reset. It's created something new. Now, I released this word on August 1st. Let me give you a little background. Back between April and May of this year, 2020, I I think it was at the end of April, beginning of May, I was in my bathroom. I was grooming myself. I can't remember if I was washing my face or brushing my teeth. And the father simply said to me, Rashad, you know, if you take an E out of reset, you get rest. That's a word. That's where this message came from. And it is so apropos, so befitting of the current Jewish month in which we are. This teaching will take the place of the month of Av teaching. So I've been doing teachings and revelational knowledge on the Hebrew Jewish months since Nisan, which is the first of months, the first or head of the year, according to Exodus chapter 12. But this month is different. I even opened up this episode with saying it's been different. So instead of teaching about the month of Av, I'm going to teach you about what the Father is saying and doing, not just worldwide, not just in 2020, and not just for his sons and daughters and even those who are far away, the Gentiles, but what he is saying to us now. I presented this message to a group in Houston, Texas, a week ago from yesterday, and it set free and made free so many people. And there was even a confirming similar word released on the same day by a well-known worldwide leader in Chicago. 
That is how Most High God is speaking. And something I want to further exhort and instruct you on is when you get happenings as such, you know the prophets are truly hearing from Most High God. And they're not hearing from man to refurbish or recycle word from man from a ground level, from an earthly level, or they're not hearing within themselves. Two geographical different locations, two, um, two different states, no connections whatsoever, no discussions, no idea. I don't follow that individual. That individual probably doesn't even know I exist. And we had a similar word about reset. You know the prophetic voices are truly hearing from Most High God. And on the same day, you can't make this stuff up. Now, with all the aforementioned scenarios that I just listed from one through five, the commonality in them is restoration. A new, a fresh, start again, start over is what all these things mean. One final thing about reset is that systems and things, even us human beings, reset so there could be an update like a software update on our computers, laptops, or smartphones, or technological devices. I firmly believe Almighty God is downloading divine software that is his word, his spirit, his ways, his truth, his wisdom, and light, and might. We gotta have some might in us. I have been praying. In fact, stay tuned to this podcast because I will be releasing additional episodes on intercession about various topics because we need the spirit of might in this hour for what's coming ahead. Next year, 2021, we're going to need the spirit of wisdom and might. And the reason we're going to need the spirit of might is because what we're going to be doing can't be of the flesh. It can't be in our physical nature. Anything physiological that is akin to the human We can't do it. It's going to have to be by the Holy Spirit and by the spirit of might. That's a word. The United States was on overload. Now, I'm speaking to the United States because I am living in this nation. I am a vessel, a servant of Most High God to this nation. Now, this word is applicable to all nations, but because I have been assigned here, I'm speaking to this nation and its people. The United States was on overload before the shutdown. There are still things that are going on that we don't know about. I remember saying to a few people that when the shutdown first happened, I said, you need to be careful and watch that there are things that are nefarious that are going on while we're on lockdown that are trying to be kept and hidden from us. I mean, you can't make some of this stuff up. It amazes me that we have so many in the entertainment industry still working. They're still shooting videos and still making movies and still recording. And they're putting these things out and they're not, um, let me let me be general, they're not following the laws, guidelines of our current state. You got to start paying attention to some of this stuff. We, his people, were on overload. We might have sensed that we were. However, had this pandemic not happened, we would more than likely have been projected to continue in the same paths and ways in which we were already heading, in which we already had been. This is old manna. 
This is old wineskin. I often say the snake is the most cursed animal or, or thing that was created below human beings in the entire world. You can look this up in Genesis chapter 3. Serpents are the most cursed animal. And that was for a specific reason. We'll talk about this at a different day, a different time, not with this. But my point is, if a serpent can shed the old wineskin, if a serpent knows how to shift and become anew, how much more do the sons of God, come on, y'all, you got to get this stuff and begin to come out of the old nature. This is what Ephesians 4 talks about. Shedding the old man, putting on the new man, being clothed in righteousness, which comes by the son, S-O-N, Yeshua, the Christ, the Mashach, Messiah. Putting on the new nature and throwing off, shedding the old wineskin, shedding off the carnal nature. The pandemic has been used for a blessing, understand this, amongst the cursed against human beings. We have been sovereignly shut down by Most High God so that we can be refilled, so that we can reset and rest, so that we can come face to face with internal issues like a computer system that has been infiltrated, so that we can pause and say la, so that we can be restored from corruption internally and externally, we can, metaphorically, receive a new hard drive from Daddy God, from Abba. So allow his spirit to pour over you and me in this hour and give us what we need. That's it. Just say, Father, I'm ready. I'm willing. You know, we, we're looking for mathematical equations and algorithms to have this awesome Saul turning into a Paul of experience. And let me tell you something. Be careful not to covet something that doesn't belong to you. Yahweh is not doing things. I, I talked about this in the episode, I believe it was back in June. I can't think of it right now off the top of my head, but I think it was titled uh, Continuation or Continuing in the Insights of Luke 17. And I journey you through the entire passage of Luke 17 and how Yeshua himself had the authority and power to supernaturally heal or do something on an earthly level, scientifically do whatever he wanted to do. That's for a different topic, a different day. But what Yeshua said was when the when the men were healed, he said, go talk to the priests. Yeshua referred to the principles. You see, we're skipping over some things. This is a year of principles. I prophesied this back on January 1st, and I gave additional insights to some specific things from that episode on January 1st on January 15th. It's titled Insights into 2020-578 and the 2020-29 decade. Go look those up. Go revisit those. They are long but they're filled with truth. And if you would ascertain what the father is doing on a high level, you can live in supernatural awe and wonder having heaven on earth now. You don't have to wait for it to be revealed to you. You don't have to wait for the buzz in the air from everybody else and look at what everybody else is doing. You can live in it now and be without any cares or any worries. You don't hear me talking like most other people are talking. When I'm saying most other people, I'm speaking about the sons and daughters of Yahweh. 
It's a recycling and a, a refurbishing of information. And what we want is revelation because it's revelation that transforms so that we can be reformed. We don't want information. Now, information is good. It's not bad. Information is from Yahweh. Revelation that has been revealed and ascertained or caught, grabbed, got now becomes information. Information is widespread. Information is known by a multiplicity or more people than revelation is. Revelation is available, but it's not accessible to all unless you go the way you desire it and you pursue it heartily to get the revelation. Now, the awesome thing about this is the gracious thing about most high God is according to his word is that he reveals to his prophets what's going to happen before time ahead of time. He does not do a single thing unless he talks with his prophets. So you got to start listening to the prophets of Yahweh. I can't tell you all this enough. Stop listening to the prophets of Baal. Stop listening to the prophets of self. Stop listening to people who are calling themselves prophetic voices and who are enthroning themselves in the seat of the prophet, according to Ephesians 4, and they're not prophets of Yahweh. Let me say even this, because I talked about this in the changing of the guards episode back in June as well. Stop listening to the prophets who are living in the old manna and who have refused to shift and their eyes are fading and they can't get any widespread revelation. They have spiritual glaucoma because they're stuck in self, they're stuck in their ways and they're stuck in the flesh and in the carnal and they haven't shifted and they're giving the same words. And let me say even this, they're not only giving words from the flesh and the carnal nature or even the third eye, they're now consulting with demons just like King Saul did. And they don't even realize it because they're refusing to shift and ascend. They, they've set in this place of being haughty and proud and arrogant that they've got this before in the past. They've always known how to get it this way. They've always had this. They've been hailed as the prophet or prophetess or the one, but the father turned the time and brought in a new dimension of time. And every prophetic voice is required by most high God to adhere to this time, this standard of the prophetic in which he's brought. So I encourage you, and this is for all sons and daughters of Yahweh. If you want to know what he's doing, get on your knees and cry out. Begin to rehearse and, and pray and get in your spirit, man, until it becomes manifested. Jeremiah 33, 3. He wants to speak to you. It's your inheritance. It's your promise. Ask him. Search out the things. Search out the mysteries. Search out the revelational knowledge of Most High God, and you will have it rather than having information. Now, let me get back on target. That was free. That was spontaneous. You've been exhorted. Consider a computer that constantly runs and runs, it never turns off, being used daily. We might have the best antivirus protection. We might refuse to, to have our search engines visit harmful sites that could cause bugs to our computer or technological devices. We might even have cool external protective gear on them that cools them off rather than heating them up. 
Nonetheless, be it a machine or a human being, overuse causes wear and tear. It's like the saying goes, when you drive a brand new car or vehicle off of the lot for the first time, it has officially depreciated in value and it will continue. That's what it's like. Sure, there have been many casualties during this pandemic. People have perished. There have been people who've lost their lives. Now, we're not going to get into that. People have lost faith and hope. People have been very sickly, spiritually and physically. Yet see the father's hand that isn't too short to reach down and be in the midst of his world, his land and his creation, especially his sons and daughters. See what he has done just as he took Israel out of bondage from Egypt. All Israel knew was slavery and bondage, bondage, which was the old way, the old manna. So he caused them to sojourn. A reset is about rest. Remember, I told you several minutes ago that the father said to me back in April, May, if you take an E out of reset, you get rest. So the prophetic word that was released in 2019 regarding 2020 about a divine reset, what the father is truly saying is to rest. Now, if you go back to January 1st in my very first podcast episode, I prophesy about the year and the decade according to Matthew chapter 12. The first principle in Matthew chapter 12 verses 1 through 8 is about Shabbat. It's about the Sabbath. Sabbath is about rest. I told us that we're going to have to learn how to adhere to and we're going to have to learn how to rest this year and this decade. Now, let me tell you something. If you haven't caught it, you were forced into a Sabbath. Everyone was forced into Shabbat and we still don't know how to adhere to and understand what the father is requiring of us in this time frame, this year and this decade understand Sabbath. Now you can go and visit, excuse me, Matthew 12 verses one through eight about that. But I also, I cover it in a little detail in my very first podcast episode. I highly encourage you to go listen to that. It is full, it's replete of revelation and insights for this year. We still have some time in this year. And it's also, so the word came to me, that prophecy is not just for 2020 or 5780, it's for the decade. And we're going to start seeing some things. Now, the year that's coming up, we should start seeing. So 2020 was a year for self-deliverance. It was a year for us to go internal. It was a year for us to be introspective and see and go to the brazen altar and lay down those things the Father has given us as talents, as gifts, as things in the past and say, I offer it to you, Father, but also to be cleansed by the singeing of his all-consuming fire of the things that were dross and tainting us and staining us and we were never meant to have inside of us. It 2020 is about us becoming whole. It's about us being forgiven and it's about remission of sin. The next thing, because the brazen altar was the first article of furniture in Moses's tabernacle. The second article of furniture is guess what? The bronze laver and the bronze laver was used for cleansing the priest's hands and feet. So this tells us symbolically or prophetically, we're coming into a year, 2021, 
where there's going to be cleansing, but of others, deliverance of others. So 2020, you get delivered. 2021, you go out now and deliver other people. I also prophetically exhort about this on January 1st. Now, enough of that. We can't fight most high God's plans. We can't pray away or pray against his plans. Get some understanding. Get some revelation. Stop trying to resist and fight what he's doing. Ask him, Father, where are you in this? Father, what are you doing? Father, what am I not seeing that you are showing and saying? And he's going to show you. When Israel left Egypt, it was a reset and it was meant for them to enter into rest. What happened while they were in Egypt? They were bound. They were under class. They were overworked. They were abused and oppressed. They were not citizens. In fact, they were aliens. They were disenfranchised, meaning they didn't have legal rights in Egypt. And they were strategically hunted because of what they carried within them. So when Israel escaped Egypt, here's what was supposed to happen. They were supposed to get victory. It was supposed to be a seven-day sojourn to their promised land. Note, seven is indicative of rest. See Genesis 1 through 2 about the seven days. Next, it was about reconciliation with Father God. They were supposed to have vision for what was next. They were supposed to have endurance for what was next. They were supposed to receive a fresh battling anointing for what was next with the niche of total dominion and domination. And they were supposed to rest in their promises. However, here is what actually happened when Israel escaped Egypt. They were tested to determine who they truly would worship. You can see this throughout the Psalms, especially like, I guess, the mid-Psalms in the Psalm 70s or so, and some of the hundreds, where Yahweh tested them. They worshiped themselves. They refused to draw near to Yah's holy hill when he invited them to go near him. See Exodus chapter 19. They were terrified. He gave them an open invitation to come up and ascend with me, but they said, I'm too scared. So what did they do? They themselves put an intermediary between them. They put a block between them and Yahweh, and it was Moses. So Moses ascended, Moses got the word, and Moses served as an intermediary or an intercessor. That's not what Yahweh wanted. He wanted to be amongst his people. He wanted to rest like he did on the seventh day. The next thing that happened is their heart's truths were exposed in which they could not stand to worship someone they couldn't see. So what did they do? They built an idol and they bowed down to that idol. They then, their cries were supposed to shift from pain, from oppression while they were captured in Egypt. And they were supposed to be worshiping and they were supposed to have adoration and proclamation of the name of Yahweh. Proclaiming the name of Yahweh in the acceptable year is powerful. But here's what happened instead. They complained against him. Yahweh had a divine structure of leadership, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, which was and a, a shadow, if you will, a foreshadowing of the apostolic priestly prophetic ministries. Under them, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam were judges of households and regions. So what did Israel do? Israel rebelled against Yahweh's elect, against his choice leadership, and they were immediately judged. Number five, Yahweh established laws where Israel was to love and respect one another. What did they do? They oppressed their neighbors, family members, by murdering, committing adultery, and fornications and stealing from one another. 
Number six, because Yahweh was faithful to them, he required they be loyal and in covenant with one another. So what did they do? They were covenant breakers. And the last one, once reaching others' nations' borders, so the, the ites and the Gentiles, their eyes saw the practices of the other nations, and what did they do? They became covetous and desirous of what the other nations had that they didn't have, which they were never supposed to have. So how do we learn from ancient Israel's iniquitous actions, and how do we overcome what we have come into agreement with? Number one, it's simple. We repent. Stop being arrogant and proud and thinking that you don't have to repent and that you've arrived and overcome and that you're all that in a bag of chips. Because when we look at the end of the book in Revelation, it is filled with repent, 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 repent. So repent. But make sure it's godly sorrow and godly repentance. Ask him to open your I can't say that enough. Ask him to open your eyes. Show me what I don't see that I need to see, Father, that I'm not seeing. Because when we are in self-righteousness, self-righteousness blinds us from truth. It causes us to be haughty that we don't need deliverance, but the other person does. My city doesn't need deliverance, but your city does. My nation is perfect. My nation is good, but your nation isn't. That's a self-righteous mentality. None of us are good. All of us have strongholds. All of us have blockages. All of us have some form of iniquity and generational curse that we must address, look internally, see where the external pressures are coming from, and bring it to Daddy God. The second thing, which is one of the hardest things for us to do in the decade of pay or the decade of the mouth, is stay silent. So guess what? We don't have to stay silent. We get to talk, but make sure it's the divine discourse, a.k.a. prophecy, that comes from on high, that comes from the mouth of Yahweh, the revelations from Holy Spirit and the intercessory ministry of Yeshua. Get the revelation and the discourse of heaven, heaven's hosts and heaven divine beings or angels instead of our own talk. That's it. You don't know how to do that? David had a simple prayer in the psalm. Set a guard over my mouth that I don't sin against you, daddy. That's all you pray. Set a guard over my mouth, daddy God, that I don't sin against you. My favorite thing about David is David knew when he was being iniquitous and he went straight to the father. He didn't go to man. He didn't. He went to the father because he understood before Yeshua ever said it centuries later. The least I do to daddy God's people, I am doing to him. So he took it straight to the source and said, daddy God, I have been iniquitous. Forgive me. He laid himself on the brazen altar symbolically. And he understood how to be forgiven and receive remission of sins. Rest was and still is meant to be continual. When you look in Genesis chapter one, every day, once everything was done, Elohim said, and it was good. Or, and it was very good, except two days, the second and the seventh. We can look at this in many ways, but there was a starting and a stopping point on each day. However, on the seventh day, Elohim did not say it was good or it was very good. Instead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost ended their work. They rested. They blessed rest. They sanctified rest, and they sanctified the seventh day. On the first day, he created and then rested and so on and so forth. Now, that rest is a pause. However, on the seventh day, rest wasn't a pause. 
It was a finishing plus completion, which equaled fulfillment. Now, I've been talking about fulfillment all year, and I've been telling you that you got to understand your birthright. You got to get your birthright this year. I can't tell you how to get it except to go to Daddy God and say, Daddy, what is my birthright? What's in my family? What have you sovereignly, supernaturally placed in my bloodline and given me? What did my biological father pass down to me from the generations? And what have you supernaturally given to me? That's all you do. And you wait for Holy Spirit to give you a response. The father fulfilled his plans and purposes on the seventh day. And there is an expectation for us to follow in those footsteps. The first time we see the word fulfilled is in reference to Rebecca, Isaac's wife, who was pregnant with twins, Jacob and Esau. It is used to describe an answer to prayer from Isaac to Yahweh on Rebecca's behalf, which was for her to transition from barrenness into fruitfulness. Fulfillment is about fruitfulness. Accessing and living in your birthright is about fruitfulness and honoring what the Father has put in us to give back to him. Abel understood birthright. To be fulfilled means to be fruitful and not barren. It means the vats are full, the wines pressed and ripe for harvest. Sorry, the vines. The fields ripe for harvest, lacking no good thing, promises that were on pause are no longer delayed and they manifest now. That's fulfillment. Rest means coming face to face with your destiny and birthright. You got to get birthright first before you can get to your destiny. That's why it's important we understand that this is a birthright year. I talk about this on January 1st and 15th. Go back and listen to those episodes. It's the right of the firstborn. Spiritually, it's the kingly anointing, priestly anointing, and the double portion of the Father's blessing. For us individually, it is the spiritual reaping as well as what is in our bloodline. Nothing was created on the seventh day, which is also very unique. There was simply rest in the established boundary and honoring of rest. There is a blessing on rest, favor, return on investment, or ROI. First fruits offering and first fruits receiving. When we rest, we obey. When we rest, we honor. When we rest, we look like creator God. Matthew 12 verses 1 through 8 I've talked about before is the principle of 2020 through 2029. The greater thing is mercy, not sacrifice. He doesn't want us to sacrifice or give of the old way. He wants us to do the better thing, the greater thing, the weightier thing. So in other words, it means to be a lovesick pursuer of his laws, his words, his present, and not be a whitewashed adherer to the law observing it rather than living it. We are the living epistles of the law. We are the living epistles of the law. That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. You are the living epistle of his word. Yeshua, El Ayon, master, possessor of heaven or earth, is the master over the Passover. And we're still passing over. And he is the master and possessor over the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Understand this principle. Jubilee came once there was rest from work and strain on the land. Jubilee essentially means joy and freedom. So let his joy strengthen you. Rest is a ceasing from striving. See Psalms 46 and Song of Solomon chapter 2 verses 3 through 4. 
Rest is simply letting go, letting go of what was, what is, or what will be that we cannot control because he holds our history. Rest is letting go of what we've known and can estimate or hold to our own standards when a system is reset. Unless things are saved either to a hard drive or someplace else, it restarts anew, fresh, without clutter, without what was prior. It is whole. Rest should produce peace for us. And that's what we're after. Peace is not only a state of mind. Peace is dominion in times of chaos. It is what battles chaos. In these chaotic times, perfect peace, which is rest in Abba, is how we do war. We are promised peace when we focus our attention on Yeshua. That's our reward. And that is rest, a focused mind on him. That's what Isaiah talks about. This year, this decade is about being whole. It's about being sons and not mutants. I talk about this as well on January 1st and January 15th. It's about being sons, not slaves. That's what y Yahweh did with Israel, taking them out of Egypt. They were slaves and they had a slave mentality. They had the slave mentality for 40 years. They couldn't stop being slaves for 40 years. They couldn't get out of their spirit, man, to stop being slaves for 40 years. But Yahweh says, I'm requiring it quicker now. You got to get it quicker. You got to get it faster than they got it because where we're going in the requirement on time. Remember, one of the things that we have been discussing is that he's dealing with sons. The standard has been set. The talents have been given. The requirements have been provided. We must answer and offer to Yahweh at the end of this year, Jewish or Gregorian, however you decide to observe. The Jewish year ends in September of this year. And begins, the civil Jewish calendar begins in September, October. Our Gregorian Julian calendar says it ends on December 31st and a brand new year starts January 1st. I don't care how you observe it, Jewish or Gregorian, you need to understand how to offer and worship him with what he's provided and given you to produce and what he's requiring this year. Hear me on that. If you've heard nothing else I've said, I've said a lot of jewels and nuggets and good things. Oh, he preached a good word. Hear that if you have not learned how to die a redemptive death and give unto him what he's freely given you, you've missed the entire year. That is first fruits and that's what first fruits is about. So I encourage that you go listen to those prophetic messages on January 1st as well as January 15th. They are free, accessible, and available to you. And I pray that you are blessed and edified and that you go forth in your destiny by understanding, ascertaining, and fulfilling your birthright. Blessings.